You're listening to In The Lead, the podcast for real estate pros looking to grow their business. Whether you're new to the business or a seasoned pro, we come to you each week with the latest technology and online strategies to help you sell more, work less, and make a difference in your community through your real estate business. This show is brought to you by Easy Agent Pro, creators of Lead Sites, the ultimate lead generation website for agents. For show notes and links, check out EasyAgentPro slash podcast. Good afternoon, good evening, good uh, morning, good whatever time of day it is for you EA peers. We're back. The In The Lead podcast is live right now, here to answer your questions. Um, I'm back again for my second round. Uh, Tyler's even here today, so he wasn't that busy. Uh, he actually managed to squeeze in some time with us. How you doing, Tyler? Good, good. Thanks for the, the nice intro. I thought you were going to flame me a bit more than that. You were setting no, something I've up got, there. Uh, I was a bit worried. I unfortunately... I made a bet with Kelvin last podcast that if the Timbers won their soccer game on Saturday, we would change out the butcher paper background. And what are the lost. Timbers? Portland Timbers, man. The best MLS soccer team on the universe. Uh-huh. Come on. Tyler's not a soccer fan. Man. Uh-huh. Americans don't watch soccer. Oh, this one does. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, wow. Here we go. Great. Now, okay. You want some fire? Here it comes. It's coming at your guns hot. Um, <laughs> no, Tyler's back. Uh, what were you doing that day? Tyler, are you busy hanging out? partying i honestly have like no recollection of what i was doing you guys moved it from part, you, you recorded think, on friday no, I think this was you recorded on friday yeah you changed your, your, your brother thing. Was in yeah town. that's what happened um you guys moved the podcast recording to friday and then my brother came down and uh he got accepted to ku so we uh went Woo, and looked cool, at man. the ku campus well that's cool tell him congratulations from the eap crew that's super exciting that'll be cool now you can give him crap and bug him all the time, too, which would be pretty sweet. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. We also <laughs> have Mr. Robert, the greenhouse expert. How are you doing today? Still sunburned. Hey, guys. You look, you still doing look sunburned. good. Now I'm just rosy, dude, because I'm so excited. <laughs> how's, how's your week going so far, man? I, it's new going Facebook, good. Facebook uh, uh, sign-up rollouts for squeeze pages, yeah? Yep. So we got, uh, got the Facebook templates out, working on some other really cool stuff. We have our scheduler template out, too. Um, I'm really excited for the next upcoming updates. I'm not going to talk too much about them, but uh, seems on, like it's, it seems like if I do, seems like if I don't talk about it, we get it done a lot faster <laughs> than if I if I ever say it's going out, then we end up having to, to work more. So in light of that, I'm just gonna we got some great stuff rolling out to EAP users soon. So super excited, super pumped. We also have a second GQ model in with us, even though we're not endorsed by GQ. I'll continue to say that. Uh, Alec is here with the most beautiful beard I have ever seen. I wish you guys could see it. How are you doing, Alec? It's not. It's not quite that beautiful. It's know, good. Man. It's coming along, but it's not. It's not all. You know what I want it to be. <laughs> that's just we're the getting, yogurt. That's, just, that's the weird the yogurt protein. That's the yogurt treatment. That's it, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Awesome, man. How's the little one? Doing good. Sleeping yeah, finally or no? Uh yeah, she's doing all right. She's doing pretty good. Excellent. Little little bit of crying, but yeah. getting some good sleep. Yeah. And now that spring is upon us, Kelvin is back with some fashion advice. Go ahead and give it to us right now before the show. Woo! Well, I already told you guys about bold colors and floral prints, but also there seems to be this like tie dye trend that's reemerging tie-dye. in different places. <laughs> yeah, super interesting. Like with d- interesting fabrics, it's really cool. And we also talk. I wanted to talk about double monks since Karen commented <laughs> and she didn't know what they were. They're sh- men's shoes, Karen. Double monks are the most the stylish men's shoes. Men's shoes and it's a, it's a kind of strap, right? It's a monk strap. It's the double monk shoes. strap. Yeah, yeah. They're, be- yeah. they're beautiful. 
They're well, I can see this Tyler? is like completely off the rails already. So. <laughs> well, that's how we do the intro here at EAP. We make sure we, we hook, line, and sync them, and then they sign off when all the crazy stuff happens. That's how we do it. <laughs> all right, so we're just going to jump right in it, into it today, guys. Um, got some pretty decent, pretty tough questions uh, this week on the uh, BeatZill group. Um, Sean Clark asked, has anyone tried... Le- uh, uh, ha- anyone try any less talked locations for advertising like AOL or Yahoo? Uh, no one ever mentions them, but they also have ads too. Just wondering if that makes any sense. Uh, I know, Tyler, you answered the question in the BeatZilla group, but if you wanted to go a little bit more into yeah, it or uh, try and explain it. I think that's super good. interesting. So we initially started some advertising things on Bing, Yahoo, whatever. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you to go do it. It was, it was whatever. Um, here's what I would suggest. One... If you're looking for things that the worst situation for advertising possible is you spend hours creating your your ad, your graphic, your landing page, hooking up to your CRM, setting up the text follow up, and then like it works and you sell a house and then all of a sudden the ad's useless because you ran out of people to run it to. Like on Facebook, like your frequency is a 10 and you've ran it to your audience and you're done, right? Um, that's the worst case scenario. And that's what happens when you start going to AOL or Bing uh, is there's just not much to do. There's not enough frequency or people to engage with for the ad to have a long lifespan. Um, so that's why you don't hear many people talking about it. Uh, also Facebook is still ridiculously underpriced. Like if you can't find, you can easily get one to $2 emails and five, like, or four to $20 full leads. And if you can't find a way in your business to make that ROI positive, you've got to fix something. You've got to fix your follow-up. You've got to fix what you're texting them. You've got to fix your scheduling. You've got to fix your reviews. You've got to fix your referral system because that should ROI positive cash flow in any real estate business. Um, so, so there's the two things. But to answer your question in terms of something that we have seen work outside of the Facebook, Google, blogosphere is reaching out to like the six to 100th biggest site in your community and offering them like a couple hundred bucks to throw your name base logo up on their site as just a random ad. Um, you can broker your own deals with those sites. Like don't, don't go talk to the top five. They get pitched all the time. They probably even have like structures and pricing set up, but like the top six through a hundred biggest sites in your area never get approached. They, they're struggling to monetize it. And like, if you just throw them, a, sometimes if you just talk about them and like refer your people there, they might even put something up on your site for free. Um, so we've done that with some podcasts, with some websites and it's like paying like a hundred bucks a month to be on some like small blogs website. Um, and it really does cash flow really well. So that's something I'd recommend outside there. And I'd also really struggle you uh, or stress that you go find a way to make like $2 emails be cash flow positive for you. Excellent. Tyler, or not Tyler, I'm sorry, Robert, did you want to chime in on that? Did you get your notebook well, out? Did you have a notebook? Oh, I always have my notebook. <laughs> I'm prepared. Excellent. <laughs> my man, I'm prepared. Uh, no, but, um, so I would say like one thing that's also pretty common is like everyone knows that they're not the 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 platforms for advertising they have worse reach they have kind of um it's just it's not not enough people on there to do testing on and all this stuff. So one good use for all those external networks is if you find a winner and you're actually working on finding out what that is in your market on Facebook, which is a great place to like tie set affordably test then you can um, you can scale winning ads out to those other networks. So you can just use it as an amplification effect to get a little bit discounted advertising maybe. 
um, and then roll it out there so that you can just kind of have that reach. Because like you said, there are some people still using it. My dad still uses AOL for all his email. <laughs> it's like, if you want to if you want to target him, you're going to have to be running an, an AOL ad or something. But um, Is Ask Jeeves still a thing? Is that, is that still I, a company? I'm not sure. Is it, is I think, it, I think it downsized to ask.com now. I think it's the same company. Oh, yeah. They just make those terrible spam guides and, and stuff. But <laughs> oh, you could there. be on there. You there. Could, <laughs> and that stuff's you good, too. Like, there. we're doing some YouTube ads. Alex working on some, like, really, like, we don't want to say it on the podcast, but, like, some really, really niche real estate things on Google ads that are getting like 60 cent, 50 cent clicks and we're converting them into emails. Oh, um, congrats, Alec. You, can, you can find that stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, um, Alec or, Ta- or Kelvin, did you guys want to chime in on this too? Or do you have any other ideas of decent areas to advertise? What about I Reddit? Think, uh, I don't, I, I wouldn't do Reddit. I, I really love Reddit and we've, we've played around with the getting traffic from there organically and it's really we've hard. also set up and ads just there ourselves we have done ads yeah i just don't think reddit's worth it for real estate agents if you are looking for something else though i would look at pinterest and i would look at youtube right now pinterest just because it's really overlooked and youtube just because they're in a really weird state where a lot of huge companies that contribute to ad revenue for youtube have pulled out so i'm expecting the price for ads on youtube to actually drop down so that might be worth experimenting with as well Definitely. We just set one up. Um, they rolled out end cards too. So what you can do is you can whip out your phone uh, and on YouTube, the last 20 seconds of your video, you can put a call to action to your website, another video, or to subscribe to your channel. Last 20 seconds. And it works on any platform now. Before their ad program was kind of broke because it only really worked on desktop where the link was shown actively. Um, so what you can do is you could record a yeah, 25, 30 second video about something asking them to, to have a call to action. And then those last 20 seconds, you can have that link to your site. Um, and That's it'll put cool. a square tile that is clickable. So you hover on the square tile, it opens up the link and then you uh, can click to a landing page. So that would be an interesting way to go. Um, could you, the question though, one thing that concerns me about it, it sounds like he's looking for, um, pot of gold or maybe like um he's looking for the next like place to go yeah, mine easy win it sounds like it sounds like you're like one of those like 49er like gold miners heading to california for like the you know make good old oregon trail right yeah and <sighs> the thing i'd caution you against is thinking about that more than like 10 percent of the time like you can think about that stuff and you can throw the hail mary passes and try to find those but like if you go find a niche keyword in google ads that gets like 50 cent clicks a dollar clicks and you convert like 50 percent 30 percent of those to le- like filling out a form to get their email and then can convert those into sale like that you've just grown your business by like five percent and then you can go do that again with another keyword or you can do that again with another facebook ad or you can do that like i think if you think that way you're much more likely to have success well and it's not even in like what at what point should you go over to google ads so not even the smallest you know like ty when should you branch out from facebook and go into google never <laughs> even though i know there's all this talk like i mean you have more intent when you're searching on google 
So that's one of the things we'll, you know, you'll, you'll see is that people on Facebook, you're kind of doing interruption marketing where on Google, you're doing intent marketing. So they're searching for homes. They're searching real estate related terms to trigger that stuff instead of just, I went to your website one time and now you're retargeting me on Facebook. Well, I think it's funny that you say to stick to Facebook too. I mean, even Alec can attest to this. He has a he has his own little podcast that he does on the side with a buddy of his. You ran what a ten dollar ad on Facebook for it, and and got like twenty downloads or something, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a that that works because it's you're sort of surprising people with something that they're uh, that they're interests say that they might possibly be interested, and in, then you just kind of put it in front of them. With Google, uh, just like what you were saying, Robert there's more of like an intention looking for a solution type mindset. And that's like, that's good when you first look at it. You're like, okay, they're looking for a solution. I'm going to put a solution in front of them and then that will work. But that part of that mindset too is, is they're in the mindset of comparing you to everything else. They're right. going to click a bunch of stuff on that front page and then compare you side by side with everything. And I think that happens a little bit less with Facebook. It's just a piece of content that they happen upon that leads them down this path to something else when they weren't actively searching for it. I think there's a big advantage to catching people that way versus getting in front of people hunting and, and comparison shopping. That's that's true because you're next to like, you know, Fox News is in your feed retargeting you or CNN or something. Yeah. And instead of ABC Realty right next to your ad and like, well, which one is good? They're both saying they'll give me a free home value. They're both saying right. they have the best homes. They're both saying this and that. Yeah. No, exactly. I love it. Hopefully that answers your question. We really appreciate it. That was actually a really decent question. I, I enjoyed that. Thank you very much, Sean. I learned something too. Um, don't advertise on Google. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was the lesson. <laughs> that's not Thanks, the takeaway. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Didn't you guys miss The takeaway is okay. we're in the golden age of Facebook ads, but we're not saying don't advertise on Google. <laughs> Thank you, Kelvin. Just do, blow all of your money on ask.com. That's where you want it. That's the next. Whoa, the what did you just say? <laughs> Dominate <laughs> Craigslist. There goes all Tyler's our credibility point. right out Oh, there. you said ask. Oh, we just lost half our listeners. <laughs> oh, no, we still... We got him. We got him. And remember, it's crack cocaine. We, have we better just switch sell. back to, to fashion tips. There we go. <laughs> and green homes. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to the next question. Uh, Tyson, my, my main man, Tyson, I love this guy. He's super cool. Um, he posted a listing to his personal Facebook page last night and got a tremendous response in little time, and he wanted to make an ad out of it. Does anybody test ads on their friends list first? And if so, how does it usually translate when turning them into an ad? Um, I'm think. am I thinking right when I think it's good to post, uh, should I, al should it also be an ad as well? So Kelvin, take it away on this one. So Tyson, I think it would be a mistake to ever feel like the results you see on your personal Facebook page with the content you're sharing from your business page will translate equivalently to, uh, your ad campaigns, because these are, these are people who know you. These are what you would consider much warmer leads than the cold leads you would be getting from a Facebook ad campaign, for example. I, I'm looking at your your post here, and I see the images that you posted in the walkthrough video. What I would do, though, is I would oh, definitely... Calvin, could you read the post real quick? Yeah, so actually, there's no text. He just posted four images and a video walkthrough of the home. Cool. Listing and just put the title as the listing address? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so what I would do actually is take this these exact media files that you uploaded. I would create a carousel ad with the images and then have the video that you've got right there on your post. I would put that on your landing page and then have people uh, have the capture form on your landing page, on your squeeze page, and give them the ability to opt in. I think the carousel ad would work really well, but I wouldn't, I just, I would never look at posts you're sharing to your personal profile as 
going to translate very well immediately to ads. I think it's still worth split testing and, and really testing the structure. That's actually why you never... And Eric Carmen just had all that success, right? With yeah, the, with his carousel ad. With a carousel. He just did listing pictures and then a video. Yeah. And so I saw, that's why I saw his post and I immediately was like, well, you could put this video on your squeeze page. You could have these as your, as your carousel ad and then your real estate logo as the last image. I think it would really perform well. Yeah. In, in what I was trying to say there, um, sorry if I jumped on your toes, but I never talk about retargeting anymore for this very reason. Retargeting, you run out of audience very quickly. Um, people, like the common thing used to be, oh, it's like way to get cheap leads. And yeah, it is, like you can. But the effectiveness of a Facebook ad to your retargeting audience is going to be about a week to two weeks if you only have an audience that's under, let's say, 20,000. Um, there's, there's only so much money you can spend, um, before the frequency gets to like five or six, meaning that all those people have seen your ad five or six times, and then your opt-ins are going to be just ridiculously expensive. So, uh, that's kind of what Calvin was trying to, that's my thought of what Calvin was trying to say too. Like retargeting's good, but it's mostly good to create lookalike off audience off of, to then find fresh people to pull into the system. So the two, it's like a two-step process instead of just a single step yeah you you run out of your your people that know like well it's realizing go ahead robert yeah go ahead oh well it's realizing you're fishing in a lake and not an ocean so when you're you when you're doing just a straight up facebook campaign you get access to every single person in your city instead of just the people that have been here and when you like when you if you ever fished and you keep throwing casts into a lake eventually there's a point where you spook the fish and they've seen it and it's just not effective anymore so that's how i think about it, it like eventually your time dwindles down and then you, they're just not interested in what you're doing and you have to change your approach which isn't so bad either though because you kind of have that should probably be a regular activity anyways yeah but and that's why blogging and Uh, videos are so important too like that's why we do that's why all of us are sitting making a podcast right now like the value you provide in the middle makes it so much cheaper and so much easier to convert cold people like there's like someone emailed me um right before at at 35 minutes ago, like um, talking about something we wrote two and a half years ago. She asked if we had more. I sent her new stuff, like, because she found this ancient thing. I don't even know how she found it. Um, and, like, it, like, there's new people. She probably clicked an ad, found some super old thing we have. Now she's finding new stuff. And it's just easier to bring people into that when you have so much blogs and YouTube videos and podcasts going on. Right. Well, and that's the lesson there. Why did your friends respond so well to your ad? Because they know you and they've seen you and they constantly view your stuff. So you're more likely to get a response when you do put something out there that's either an ask for a lead, an ask for a referral, ask to fill out a form. You're going to be more responsible, get more response from it. So really, I think the big lesson is just be more visible and make sure that you have like the the, the warmer you can be um, to when you're doing advertising, the better. So right. I think that's kind of one of the main main things there. I well, would I like say the opposite, like the, these people are gonna be- the better and deeper your middle of the funnel is, the faster cold traffic and cold leads become warm leads. So you can convert That's, the cold is, stuff. How is that opposite? Well, it's though? just saying it a little differently. It's not the opposite. Like the more Water. stuff you have in the middle, the faster you can convert some random stranger into knowing, liking, and trusting with you and, and being like your family. 
So you're saying prioritize value first, video exposure, anything that could help them and get in front of them without asking for the sale and then going for Yeah, so many agents like set up one ad for $10 one time to one landing page and then like you Google their name and there's nothing on their Facebook page. There's not a website with blogs on it. There's not a YouTube channel. There's not videos anywhere. And like it's it's no wonder those leads then convert so poorly. And so many agents think web leads are terrible. Because when they get the web lead, the web lead's like, what? Like, that was it? Like, there's nothing else for them to explore or look around with or to build that trust. So the more of that stuff you have, the cheaper it gets to do cold lead gen. Because as we know, what do people do after they opt in as a lead? They dig through everything. Hopefully, they we get Easy Agent Pro search. You get Easy Agent Pro reviews. Easy Agent Pro pricing. Easy Agent Pro everything, and that's they literally go into their research phase. They're like, "Man, I just paid. I just gave this guy all my info. Let's go do some research about him." Like, it's funny. I've actually there. had like uh, with the cookies tracker on the back of lead sites and stuff. People will send in messages like, "Hey, I don't know if it's working properly," and the lead is literally clicking every single button on their page it's not and it's just them trying to navigate and learn how it works and how it functions and what they can do and what they're specifically looking for so i always tell them too, like you know that's a good example right like they click every single thing they possibly can to gather up as much content to understand how everything functions properly and to know what you really are about i think that goes both ways too you're in like the buyer's remorse phase kind of you're trying to convince yourself that it was a good decision to opt into that form and you're like, okay, like, does this make me feel good? What I find or not? And then can you imagine what, how that's going to affect when you actually call them? Well, that's what I like get... about like Tyler saying about the middle of the funnel and, and that middle ground of stuff. Like, okay, cool. You got the ad, you captured the lead. Now what happens when they go to your page that has absolutely no good content or no relevant content that's, you know, it's just been sitting there um, festering in a way <clears throat> with no relevancy at all. So well, I think that's the thing too, like with the, po- like he brought up the podcast as a good example. Like we, we knew from the get-go that we wanted to do the podcast and continue it. The trick was trying to find out like what relevancy and value would this have for a customer to either keep them or have them sell, have them purchase a site. And we, we quickly found out that it's better used as a powerful tool to keep people involved, to keep it relevant. So with that said, like run the ad that doesn't say, I'm not saying not run the ad, run the ad, but at the same time, make sure you have a ton of content to back that ad up and, and have people really realize, like I always say, you're the most badass agent this side of the Pecos. Right. Yeah. So that's ultimately what it comes down to in my book personally. What the heck is the Pecos? The river. Come on, Tyler. Okay. <laughs> you lived in New Mexico, dude. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> I don't know. Does anybody else want to chime in on that? Uh, Kelvin or Alec? No, I'm good. Tyson, at the end of the day, try the carousel ad, run it back to a squeeze page or an Insta farm page, connecting back to, you know, the other wealth of content you have on your site, because like everyone said here, that's what facilitates the relationship. So right. that's all I got. And try one of those carousels. They've been working lately. We've heard multiple stories about it. So yeah. if, it, if it's working, do it. And try if it, it works for you, let's get. we're going to do a case study. We're going to get you on the YouTube channel, Tyson. I want to hear all about it. <laughs> there we go. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. And, and get it done. Focus on that. Like, like Tyler says, like do 90% focus on one thing and then 10% on ask.com. I'm going to keep on. Maybe he's saying ask as in ask.com. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sorry. I have a bit of a lisp. I didn't realize it until now. Just to clarify. Oh, this is going to be a good podcast. We just lost all of our followers. Excellent. All right. So I've got, I'm going to move on to the next one. Our, our good friend Elliot asked, do you think the CSV file for making a lookalike audience works better for quality or quantity? 
Um, for instance, would you get better results with a CSV file that has a hundred buyers leads or would it be better to build a CSV file with maybe 10 to 20 of your most recent closed clients? Robert, this one I assigned to you, get that handy dandy notebook out and start chatting, my friend. Well, I think there's, I think you should like, you have to build a lookalike audience for a purpose. So one mistake is just doing a giant generic lookalike audience because it's not tied to results or any end goal. So if you're trying to get more and harvest more buyers online, then yeah, it makes sense to do a lookalike of, of your buyer list of people that have actually done business with you. If you're trying to get more, you know, listings, it may make sense to do one of people that have opted into your seller page on your, on your website or something like that. So I think it's always good to just start with the intent of why you're going to look like it and then grow from there. So if you're saying people like this type of person tended to like, you know, be interested in selling their home, then let's try to do, let's try to, cause Facebook's just going to give you more of what you're asking for. So if you're asking for a bunch of a big generic list, it's going to make you your own generic list, which may not be valuable um, at for advertising. And just to clarify, um, I was going to say Tyler looks like he's ready. To talk. That's you can't you can't even do that. So like, um, you you ten to twenty. Yeah, ten to twenty. You you need yeah. you, the it's minimum is a hundred, and to hundred people Facebook can find on Facebook. So you probably need to upload hundred and fifty to two hundred because they're not going to be able to find everyone's info. So um, that second point, like you can't even do that. Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, and you, but you can also, you sh- can also clump in people that opted into IDX, people that downloaded buying guides, people that opted into this, and you can, I, I figure you could, you could substitute some email addresses um, well, from your existing database, probably. You could also, I mean, along those lines, just under the same premise, you could take those twenty people you've worked with and create like a well-established consumer profile, or like an avatar, something that exercises we've done that, that we've done all before. of us have done that in our marketing meetings. And you could, yeah, you could basically structure like targeting that would fit for that consumer profile. That's a great um, idea, Kelvin. Yeah, so you could do that. You can't create a lookalike audience, but I think it would pay dividends to actually like sit down and break down the patterns and, and uh, similarities between all those clients that you've worked with. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. And you can Alex, do that. Um, just, just Google Facebook audience insights. I don't think anyone knows about this. Um, and basically what it will show you without running the ad this could this is free um you can upload anything to facebook and it will show you how much money what other pages they like where they're located how many times they click ads how many times they watch videos how many likes they leave how many comments they leave what age they are what gender they are um and so you can like you can find that out by uploading those lists and then going to facebook audience um insights and you'll find it's just a it's just a website it's like um i can find the url but it's like it's like forever long um but if you go to that inside your facebook inside your um ad campaign the thing called audience insights it will literally tell you all that stuff for you it'll just tell you of any audience there you go that's definitely something you might want to take advantage of. I think Kelvin's idea is fantastic too, because there's still, even if it's a small group of people like that, it's still valuable information that might help you um, optimize an ad future, you know, for future use or something like that. Definitely. Um, Alec, did you want to chime in? You're, you're awful quiet today. The beard is. No, I just, I liked, uh, what, I liked what Kelvin was saying. And I, well, I just think that's a great exercise, no matter what, even if you don't use it for that specific ad, just like taking, I mean, you should, but even if you didn't, like if you sat down and actually thought about who, who that client is that you're trying to reach, I, I think a lot of business folks don't um, take the time to do that, to actually really think through 
who their customer is and, and what kind of things would be valuable to them. I think that's awesome. That's a great suggestion. And when you start doing that, you start, it changes your whole tone and the whole way you do everything. Cause then you get to say, okay, so my avatar is Bob and Mary and they're a couple and they're this old and they do this, this is their activity. So how would you talk to them? It's a lot different than like, Hey, do you need help buying or selling a home? It's like, you can actually think about the way, like the angle and the way they would like to be talked to and gear your marketing, emails, texts, all that kind of stuff towards that. And yeah. And all those questions about how do I write this blog post? They actually, I mean, it's, those get a little bit easier because you know exactly what language to put it in for that specific person, person, that specific audience. One person who does this really well, and she was actually on our podcast, like two or three pod, Karen. Karen nails the ads perfectly for that type of stuff. Like, you know, her big thing with the advertising, like the success that she's had with the old um, downsizing one. She knew exactly that she wanted to talk to 45 plus old individuals. And, and she adjusted her pitch that way completely to cater towards those people, not millennials, not, you know what I mean? Not a younger generation or anything like that. And with that in mind, you do, everybody's right. You do have to change your sales pitch and your personality a little bit to cater towards those people. So that, that profile will help you zone in on the success that, you know, or, or whatever changes that you need to make to, to land a sale, hopefully. Well, and yeah, generic profiling gets generic results. And if you're doing super targeted, you're going to get super targeted results talking to those exact people that you're looking for. So that that tends to to give you a higher close rate and just make you get in the door a lot it makes easier. It so much easier. Talking to right, <laughs> yeah, totally excellent. Thank you, Elliot, for that question. That was a fantastic question. Um, the next one, Mike Patton asked one. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. I was curious what you guys wanted to say. Um, I fear being branded a heretic for asking the group for help on this. I'm going to test direct mail EDDM with postcards and want to omit a website slash landing Facebook. Uh, Website landing and face uh, page and Facebook, etc., and rely solely on a call to action to have them phone my ProQuest twenty four seven hotline. My intent is to create a conversation with prospective sellers. Um, the cost is negligible as I've got uh, it co op with a lender. Thousand homes, median price two hundred sixty thousand dollars with an eight percent turnover rate. Any got anyone have ideas they're willing to share? Um, Alec, if you wanted to start this one, I know it's kind of a doozy if you wanted to, or if you want to pass it along, that's perfectly fine as well. No, I, I, I mean, I have done not for real, uh, real estate, but I have done direct mail in the past. I actually really, really love direct mail. I think it's, there's kind of a cool opportunity there because, um, ever like there's not as much junk. I mean, there's still a lot of junk mail like comparatively, but like, um, there's not as much as there used to be like back in the day, like the seventies or eighties or whatever it was like direct mail was like a huge thing and it's really not anymore. And so I think if you do good direct mail, I think there's an opportunity there if you're willing to put up the money and go for it. Um, having said that, I think that, uh, you have to think about postcards specifically sort of as a landing page because you have such limited space. And so I think the frame of mind that you're creating it with needs to be, similar. I think you need to have a good catchy headline. You need to, and you need to have like a one specific call to action of what you're getting them to do. So call the number, like that's fine. But what one compelling reason are you giving them to actually, to call that number? Are you going to do a free report? Like all the stuff we talk about with squeeze pages, I think applies directly to To a physical. um, You're literally, (laughs) yeah. Cause that's what it is. It's a landing page that lands in their mailbox. Um, so yeah, so I, I would think about them in that frame of mind. Um, the, the other one thing I would say is that with co-op, um, that's always tricky because now you have two cooks in the kitchen and you have to like run it by them to get it approved to get that co-op 
um, approved and to get that funding and that kind of thing. So, um, so I don't know, I, I don't really have too much else to say on this with that amount of information, but the make a specific call to action would be my major piece of advice there. And then based on landing pages, asking someone to call, is that the best way to approach a landing page? Yeah. Right. Right. Like probably not like there's, you're just probably not going to be that compelling enough to get me to like walk back from the mailbox and then pick up the phone and call. It's kind of a, kind of a big step. So I like where you went there with just exact logic that you would do a landing page. You're like, you know, if it was as easy as just putting a contact form, like I'm going to call you, then everyone would do that and we wouldn't do landing pages. But I think creating a resource that's targeted to the local area, selling your home in Northeast Heights, make sure you get this guide so you don't miss out on X, Y, Z. And I, and I mean, that one would require a link. I like links because it's, it's, you can actually get a legit number of responses and you can do that with a call tracker and stuff, but it's like, could you do anything with a QR code? I don't know too much about mailers. Well, what I would recommend, what I've seen works similar to Q, if you text, um, like say text 222 to your, your phone number, uh, to get X free report or X free guide that would, that's going to convert. And then you have their phone number and you can follow up with whatever you want. So that works. Um, I also don't know why easy to pro is like seen as like anti postcards. We're pretty, I'm pretty open at least to <laughs> like any type of marketing that works. So I think with a lender financing that no, many, we send them, we send them out. Don't we to people who signed up? Yeah, we did for a while. Yeah. <laughs> with a little card. Um, and or no. we, we paused that. Um, we did it for oh, a while. Okay. It just didn't get a response. <laughs> we probably could have tweaked it, but, um, we, what I would recommend is like asking them to text you back. Um, we've, we've been experimenting with texting a lot lately and it's converting like, like a truck. It's crazy. So, um, see if you can get them to get a free report by texting back or send them to send them to a squeeze page on your site. Like Robert was saying that works. Well, let me, and you get, and you can get a pretty URL, go get a domain, you know, like albuquerque.com. I don't know. Well, Albuquerquerocks.com. I was going to say a while back we had a we had a client who she had a fantastic idea and she kind of um, she didn't mail them but she directly la- you know landed them door she went door to door with like five hundred postcards and it actually had a link directing to a squeeze page and it was for Thanksgiving and what she did was hey if you know you're looking to sell your home um, click this link enter in your information I'll give you a free home valuation and I'll send you a free pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving. And uh, it worked. Like she actually had like forty or fifty leads come through that way. Um, I don't know if she helped sell the houses or anything like that, but there's you know there's a cool way to mix up the old school and new school techniques as well. So that's another one. Yeah, that's a fantastic one. That was really fantastic. Um, The other thing I I wanted to sorry to keep interrupting. (laughs) I wanted to ask one more thing: Is there a way for people to maybe create an avatar of an individual like? Obviously, postcards may work for an old like an older generation person, right? So downsizing is a great example. Um, is there a way to maybe find these inform this the age group of these people that you want to send these postcards to, and then maybe even have like a return to sender type mail program for people who obviously don't want to use email or don't even know how it works? You know what I'm saying? So there's another way to do that too, so you can get that direct information fed back to your your firm as fast as possible. Well, not as fast as possible. It's snail mail, but it'll still work nonetheless. Something like that too. I don't know. I, I'm you know. Yeah, that would work great. Um, you can you can buy mailing lists from multiple sources um i don't know if there's one we want to shout out individually but you can buy those sources send the direct mail pieces and we find when that works direct mail like scales pretty well as an advertising platform uh where if you find a piece of postcard that works you can keep sending it pretty much over and over and over again 
Well, and the cool thing about zip codes is you can kind of identify income levels very easily. You can select parts of town where houses are nicer or less nice and then target them and send off to zip code and have a lot of average stats. I mean, like Zillow provide you stats. Everyone gives you, you have stats on these uh, zip codes. So you can actually figure out kind of and brainstorm like specific niches in that area, you know, like, you know, like moving to golf course, moving by this country club, doing this, doing that. Um, you can really like get into the local parts of your town and, and that's just leads to more relevant content when you actually do make the postcard. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know what, I, I, I agree with Alex saying that, you know, back in the eighties and early nineties, you would just get pounds and pounds of junk mail. And now you're going to have just one or two and, and you being one of those one or two is going to help you out significantly, right? You're not competing with Wal- the Walgreens ad or um, the specific dentist that keeps sending you the same damn postcard saying you haven't gone to the dentist in two years. Well, like and that. I would say, I would say too, at least in my personal experience, the same, some of the same rules that like work with um, email a lot of the time, if you can make it look really personal and look at the junk mail that you are getting and make it look not like that um, and make it look like this piece of personal communication, that's what people want to receive. And people aren't getting cool, interesting, personal, friendly mail anymore. They're getting bills and they're getting stuff that's obviously junk mail. If you can slip in between those two categories, you can, I think you can actually get probably some good results. Um, the, the snag on that with the co-op is that they usually have a very specific branded look that they want you to go with. So, um, good luck getting that approved. <laughs> that's well, that's nice, like, though, what Alec. is, what does Joe Sugarman say, Alec? Right. Did you like, he's like, yo, like you can, you just need to appoint someone, the designer and writer. One person gets to make up the angle, not right. multiple people. And then you go ship it, test it, and then change it if you need to. Right. But you can't have a bunch of people adding random ideas into a, like a piece of marketing stuff yeah. and expect it to just be like more isn't always better. You should pick an angle that you think is going to work and then pursue it and see what happens. Yeah. And deliver it in a way that you think is going to get read and not thrown into the trash immediately. Yeah. Which is like what, like the handwritten envelopes, they have the ones you can print in the handwritten font. You have like, you try to basically disguise it to look like personal mail. Right. Uh, uh, That was kind of crap all the time. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I actually got a piece of mail. <laughs> I just always think of the the Joe Sugarman one. He's a famous copywriter, but he he would attach uh, one of his most famous um, letters was selling land in California, and he would attach it was like the most valuable thing on earth, and it was literally uh, a Ziploc bag with dirt inside of it, stapled to the envelope. Wow! Yeah. So and it was like you get a piece of land. It looks weird. It's memorable, and it's kind of a kind of a cool idea. I was then you I haven't have had a chance to send anyone like, sand yet. Like for like the ASPCA, <laughs> or like this quarter that we just sent you can save a dog's life. Well, then why are you sending it to me? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or what's the house survey one? They send you a dollar. Yeah. Right. It's like, here's a dollar. You can have five more. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I, I think you have to stand out still though. It's still kind of important, but I agree with Alec that it definitely, I think there is less competition because I mean, everyone, he just asked that question, like expecting to be balked at, right? Like, oh my gosh, you're sending postcards, but that's exactly what everyone else is thinking too. So you might actually be able to have an advantage there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's safe to agree too that, you know, all five of us really, you know, it's cool to get a piece of handwritten mail that's not a bill and that's not, uh, you know, not an advertisement for, for a magazine. You know what I'm saying? I tell, I, so I, I collect all real estate mail that I get because I think it's awesome. People, I've seen it taped on my garage, taped on my door, left in between the door, um, mailed to me. And the, the best one the other day that we just got was like, are you looking for, 
it was like, are you looking like it just showed some people working out and it's like interested in like, in like staying fit and healthy, check out these neighborhoods. And it was from an agent. And so they just took the fitness angle and it was like, are you a fit person? You probably like these, like you'd probably be interested because we find like places where, um, there's like stuff to do and all this stuff. But I thought it was an interesting angle compared to just saying, you know, like need help buying or selling. I literally got one of those the other day and it's just like, man, so come on with that said, like, my mentality, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking in my head, racking my brain around it. How could you get that to, you know, get them to go online, enter in a catchy little URL and get them on a squeeze page to your site? You know what I mean? How, like on the postcard, you just put like, hey, if you want to find out more, enter in this URL, boom, you're good to go. Or you know what I mean? Or you could co-op with a gym instead of a mortgage person. Yeah, there you go. Give a free discount. Uh, you could do. I mean, there's a lot of the, like once you figure out the angle, you get then the the secondary ideas start to flow. So you're like, I okay, like the so gym membership ch- idea. That's a good idea. That's a great squeeze right, page opportunity, right? Too. And you're gonna have them. You're gonna show them where all the gyms are, where where the best houses are next to those, and it just takes like a firm angle and reason why they should talk to you instead of just about real estate. It's like really, it dug deep. Well, it shows you're knowledgeable if, too completely and if you're not into fitness it's a totally i exclude you know you exclude yourself you're like well this isn't for me (laughs) like but the people that are it's extra effective on so i think that's important like and what i meant by saying like generic stuff because generic stuff just gets generic results and Mm -hmm. something like that you're actually going to attract fitness people who may be interested in what you have to say right awesome that's a great example awesome maybe even honestly it sounds weird but rv parks hey looking to upgrade to an actual home (laughs) you know it's worth a try what's what are you gonna lose they're already saying no so it's nothing worse that could happen yeah definitely cool well that was a fantastic question too and you're not a heretic in our eyes we love you very much and we'd be curious to know how that works out for you so keep us updated let us know if you do get any any you know potential leads out of that type of uh that program, that advertising campaign there. I'd be curious to see it. With that said, that is it for the podcast today. We finished off nice and strong with a pretty decent showing, I think. Um, next week, uh, hopefully, we'll talk more about some spring fashion advice. Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Solid C-plus episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we, you know, we appreciate you guys listening to us. Thank you so much. We've had some really positive feedback from you guys. Loving it. Uh, somebody even said that it was like crack cocaine. So that was kind I'm not of, sure uh, that's good or not. I don't know if that, I, 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 yeah, I'm a little Is concerned. That? Yeah, I think that, I think that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, I'm a little concerned, uh, but, uh, I guess we're doing things right then. Right. I mean, can't be that bad. And then, uh, with that said, thank you guys. Thank you, Tyler, Robert, Alec, and Kelvin for sitting in every single week with me, dealing with my shenanigans, um, and hopefully getting you guys to capture some leads. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. guys. See you. Thank you for listening to In The Lead. If you have enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us an honest review. For more great content, check out our blog at easyagentpro.com. And as always, we'll see you later.